Talking about what's new with Los Angeles Clippers There's always so much to discuss Let's jump right in It's LA Clips Forum It's LA Clips Forum With Jesse and Brian Welcome to the LA Clips Forum I am your host, Brian Andrew I'm here with my co-host Jesse about to go 0-4 in fantasy football this week Oh man, so... We were talking about it before the podcast, and I was like, hey, dude, you don't have to trade everybody. I think as long as there's teams that's still, like, one in three or so in front of you, you should be fine, you know? And I'm, so hopefully I give you some confidence to stick through I'm it. About to, I'm about to bust the Lawrence Frank and uh, trade all my players. <laughs> Just, <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't care how much emotional ties I have with you. You're out. Are you just going to trade for a player that you're going to end up trading uh, – with their only dra- draft collateral. <laughs> oh, man. All right. All right I, so, I, oh, oh, yeah. Go for it. Oh, no worries. It's fine. Let's continue the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, we took a week off because, you know, a, I'll admit that there was some, a lot going on in my life and, you know, Jesse gets busy too. And then we're like, you know what? Media day and training camp starting. So, we should wait until after training camp and media day so we had we could talk about everything that's going on, right? Because we could have, because like even though media day was on Monday, stuff like you know quote interviews and stuff, post practice interviews, all that stuff was happening like after Monday, you know, all the way up until Thursday. So I was like, you know what? Maybe we should just wait for the weekend, you know, go on our regular schedule, and here we are. Um, so I figured we would just go through. Uh, the coach, I was gonna say coaches, but really, I don't feel like any of the other coaches talked. So, just Ty Lu, and then we'll go through each player, we'll talk about the highlights of training camp, media day, and etc. And then we'll preview the play, uh, the preseason. I almost said the playoffs, <laughs> <laughs> we're still so used to it. <laughs> so, so, uh, let's start with, I guess, probably. Uh, just because Kwai's out. Um, oh, uh, we'll start with Paul George because uh, Paul George. Basically, the highlight of this week was people saying, "Hey, Paul George, you're gonna be that dude." And then Paul George is like, "Yeah, I want to be that dude." And then now for the season, hopefully, he's that dude. So that <laughs> I feel like that's the, basically the highlight of what Paul George's first week in training camp went. Do you have any other takes? <laughs> I mean, can you be that deep? Like, that's yeah. a that's a question. I was I was kind of curious because that's what I was thinking in my head. I was like, I know he was the dude in Indiana in Indiana, right? But he wasn't really the dude for um, you know OKC because he had. Um, Russell Westbrook. He he was he, now, was he was better than the other two, but yeah, you're right that there was still a, technically other. There's two other dudes there to help, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> so it's been so long since he had a, a basically a season where, you know, like similar to Indiana. So he did it for a playoff run, um, but that was only a couple of games, right? So mm-hmm. the question is, can he do it for a full season? And I think I know the answer to that, but am I willing to accept it? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, what, what, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think he uh, can be the guy for the whole season? Uh, well, 
things that we have to consider. I don't think he's going to play the full season, right? He's not going to do. He's not going to play all eighty-two games. I wouldn't even be surprised if he plays. You would think he has to play seventy plus, but I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't even do that. Uh, he has missed some time. You know, the first season with the Clippers with his shoulder, the second season with the toe. So he might, there might be like a lingering injury at some point where we rest him and maybe we have to rest him for like an entire week or something like that. You never know. Hopefully it's not a week with five games in it, you know, but um, there will, I, I do feel like uh, Paul George does have a tendency to like put up a decent box score, but from the eye test, the game was like, huh, that's not Paul George's best game, you know? And then there's games where, like, you feel like he's doing a lot of things right, but the box score doesn't, like, indicate that either. Um, so, I, I don't know. I, I, I see him, you know, being that I, – I do see him being that dude. Like, if we're going to go anywhere, it's with Paul George. Mm-hmm. But I do think there will be some games where, on the first take, they over-exaggerate uh, over when he maybe only scores 18 points in that game and the Clippers lost by 22 points, you know. Uh, <laughs> but, like – there's going to be games where the Clippers came back from 25 and Paul George led the way, scored 45 points or something, and you're not going to hear it on first take. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so, like, yeah, I do think, like, uh, Paul George, I would probably say 85% of the season he's going to be that dude. The other 15% there will be some off games. Every star has an off game. And, mm-hmm. um, and I do believe that uh, – and then – I'm not giving it a percentage, but he will miss games in general. Just mm-hmm. rather, if, even if he's healthy, it's going to be rest. And my concern is I don't want to also burn him, burn him so much that like he gets so hurt that now we're doing the same thing the next season mm-hmm. where we have Kawhi healthy, but Paul George has to miss a ton of time because we're waiting on Paul George for something, you know, like I do think like at a certain point in the season, like there's going to have to make a call of like, well, how much are we going to exert Paul George and how much of this, like where we land in the play in tournament or the playoffs, or if we like, you know, cause I, I do think like there's, there's no reason why we won't be a top 10 team in the West. Mm-hmm. So like, I think that's it's just a matter of like seeding and how important we think seeding is at a certain point in the season and like stuff like that what are your takes well i guess let me follow that up with another question uh i think i okay so before i let me answer okay i do think he can be the guy for the whole season um but i guess the same concerns i have um you know obviously i don't want to get hurt to the point where we repeat it just like as you mentioned um but i think he has the talent and he has the the type of game to be the guy like he was in Indiana. Um, I don't think he's going to rest as much because this team looks like it's going to need everything from him uh, in order to get a pretty decent seating in the playoffs. So, but I guess the question I want to follow up with that was, so we saw how well he played in the playoffs and, you know, the amount of minutes he was playing but we really, we really didn't see that until Kawhi went down with injuries. So, do you think their games are compatible? Like, so, like Kawhi and Paul George together. Yes, uh, I, I think uh, we saw in the Dallas series, like, and I think at the beginning of the Utah series, I think like 
I'll admit, like, as a Clippers fan, that was probably the first time that I saw it, like, officially click. Like, the moment that we were waiting for when we signed these two or traded for Paul George and signed Kawhi, we went through the whole Doc Rivers season and we were like, you know what, it will fix itself. Because you know what, like, when you get stars and you have some of the best players in the NBA, I see it for other teams. Like, Golden State will have – would have had issues or the Cavs would have had issues, but for some reason they always got themselves into the finals, you know? And I, I kind of felt that way with the Clippers, you know, that, that season where I was like, you know what, like uh, they should, they, they should be fine. They'll figure it out. And then I realized the next off season that I can't be so naive as a fan and realize, you know, no, like you do need things to click. And it, that I would say Going down 0-2 to Dallas and then all the way through to the beginning of the Utah series, I really saw Kawhi and Paul George click. And I do think when they come back, when they're back together and they're fully healthy, we're finally going to see what we thought we were going to see like two years ago. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I was just curious because, you know, as you were discussing that, uh, I was just thinking about Paul George's uh, playoff performance and before that, you know, maybe because the media is influencing me, I kind of felt like I didn't really see that click myself, mm-hmm. but I did see a glimpse of it when they both uh, uh, scored 30 points in a game. That was fantastic to watch. And, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I just, I, I didn't see it, but hopefully uh, we're able to see the outcome of that. Um, I feel, I feel like in the, in the Dallas series well, the, and then going to the Utah series, we saw, what I think the the way the way it's gonna look is, and it looked really good to me, is just the style and differences of games where it's like Kawhi kind of played in and then out, right? He would try to mm-hmm. find his shot in the paint. He would try to find a shot within ten feet, fifteen feet, and then uh, while Paul, Paul George kind of played out and then in, right? So mm-hmm. Paul George was kind of uh, floating, you know, fifteen feet deep, uh, and then shooting threes and stuff like that. And then kind of like driving to the basket when he felt like he had his lane. And then Kawhi would kind of like develop his shot inside and then eventually start gradually going outside like he did in that uh, game six against Dallas. Mm. Uh, you know, his shot selection, you saw him like he was trying to find his point. But when they started trying to crowd the pain, start putting bigger people in there and, and stuff like that, you know, you started to see like Kawhi kind of step out a little bit and he's starting to make like, uh, these moves from like 18 feet away, making a clutch three, stuff like that. Whereas Paul George, I think, uh, toward the end of a game, starts kind of finding his his um, his footing going to the basket, and then mm-hmm. and then that kind of opens up his shot. That's why, like, in the final two minutes of a game, Paul George might make a clutch three. You know, and he did that a few times in the Phoenix series. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but I will say that um, when uh, when Kawhi went down and we saw Paul, Paul George play, um, man, he was so smooth. Like, it, it just reminded you this guy is a top 10 talent. Like, And I think, like, in his, and he started to feel more comfortable with his shot earlier in the playoffs. And I do think, like, um, when you have a guy like Kawhi and this, maybe this is getting to, like, you know, what the national media is trying to say and maybe – where you were at a little bit is uh uh when Kawhi is also on the court and you're not feeling your shot 
uh it's kind of one you might get this vibe that you know maybe it's in my best interest to to defer to Kawhi then mm-hmm. right whereas like it, when it when Kawhi went out is like it doesn't matter paul if you're shooting 25 percent from the field we still need you to be the guy mm-hmm. and so even if like he had a rough shooting night or he was extremely tired in the fourth quarter of some of those games it didn't matter we still had to go to paul george and then hopefully like you know like Canard will bail him out of a shot or something like that. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like I, I I do think like hopefully we can keep Paul George in that mindset. And in my opinion, if I'm being real about it too, is um when Kawhi comes back and the Clippers are kind of still got some good momentum, they're fighting for a decent seed and Kawhi and uh, and Kawhi comes back later this season. I would still at that point, I would kind of feel like it's still Paul George's team if he's the he becomes the one A and Kawhi is the one B, at least to finish the season out. Mm-hmm. And then maybe deeper in the playoffs, maybe it will switch a little bit. But it but and then maybe and then the season after maybe Kawhi becomes the one A again and Paul George becomes the one B. But yeah, I feel like I'm okay. talking a lot about it. So no, 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 sorry. It was just I wanted to probe you with that question because I feel like you have a pretty good insight with the game. Um so speaking of Kawhi, you know, he had also some time in the media, uh, some time with the media. Uh, what were your thoughts and takes on waste what you heard and saw? Well, I think the the important thing is uh we saw him uh with the the uh, I don't know if it's the photo shoot after or whatever, but the, uh, he was wearing a headband and mm. <laughs> he was wearing some like under like those uh, leggings and an undershirt. I don't know like if like the NBA is fully ready for M- uh, headband Kawhi, you know, So <laughs> because the guy like the thing about Kawhi's game is, is, you know, he never wears a wristband. He never has anything on. He's just out there. But like now nah, he was like, no, nah, I'm. Just, I don't know. Maybe just like no, nah, I haven't like you know ran. I haven't ran in a week, so I'm gonna wear a lot of under stuff, you know. Or <laughs> you know, um, his uh his jacket is pretty sick. The clip clip gang. Oh, dude, that that's that's an awesome jacket. Like, uh... That that dude, Kawhi, like I don't know if he's doing it purposefully, but this whole off season he's been very like, I want to prove and and i think that he kind of mentioned the media day and maybe this is why he's doing it, but he was like specifically intentionally this offseason like, like hey now i'm with the clippers mm-hmm. you know no. uh wearing the clip gang the clip gang don't bang sweater uh he also um uh, going you know showing his face at the you know uh the breaking of the ground and and uh wearing clipper gear whenever he's at doing other events and so yeah like so something he mentioned was Mm -hmm. that like the reason he signed the three plus one was because if he felt like he was doing a one-on-one he would have like you know what i probably would not risk it but he's like since i have the long-term deal i feel comfortable if i think i want to come back this season he wants to put himself in a position where he can come back and not feel like he's going to risk uh you know his financial situation and stuff like that and his time with the Clippers. So that's why he signed the three plus one. He also wanted to avoid storylines of, you know, like, Hey, is Kawhi going to sign next off season and stuff like that. He, so like that also puts him in like, I'm a Clipper first mentality. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, unless drastic, something drastic happens, he's going to be a Clipper for the long run. So I was extremely happy to hear all that. What was your takes? Um, 
I was extremely disappointed. No, I'm just kidding. I was happy to hear it too. Um, the, you know, he, he said he did it for several reasons, right? He said, it, cause I wanted to say it was kind of like, uh, it was kind of like a selfless move. Cause he was saying like, I should say selfless. Um, because he said that he just didn't want to start the drama, right? Like he didn't want that going on throughout the whole season. He didn't want that, that noise. Mm-hmm. And I was really, that was really cool to hear about that. Cause you know, it does get to you over time. I'm pretty sure like hearing about your teammate, whether or not he's going to stick with you. And then, you know, some players could get pissed off by it, annoyed by it. So it was cool to see that. And he also has his other reasons, right? He wants to carry the bag. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. I'm hoping that he can get healthy enough um, so he can play a couple weeks before playoffs. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty excited uh, excited for the season. Yeah, I, I am too. And like the one thing that I might get a little nervous about, but obviously you wouldn't say no to it, is if Kawhi, like, what's to say where we made it past the first round, right? And we're now in the middle, of, we're in like maybe on game two of the second round. And then all of a sudden, Kawhi's like, you know, I'm 100%, I'm coming back. And then it's like, well, we just played an entire season without you. Like, I'm not saying it would be hard to fit Kawhi back in, but we, it would be like, oh, well, you know, now we're taking Eric Bledsoe out of the starting unit who's been playing there all season. Now he has to play with a bunch of other guys. You know, I think like in terms of like, everybody on the team kind of having to make like a shift to kind of make room for Kawhi at that point in the season would make me a little nervous, especially if we're playing well, but if we're playing a little sketchy in the playoffs and obviously I'm like, Hey, you know, Kawhi, do you think you're at least at 95%? Like, you know, stuff like you know, so, <laughs> uh, uh, so like, I think we can move on to, unless you have any more thoughts on Kawhi. I'm glad he's going to be a Clipper for quite some time. So yeah, I'm glad me too. So let's move on to Ty Lue because I think Ty Lue probably has a lot to um, um, – I said a lot that makes more sense when we talk about some of these other players. So, like, uh, Ty Lue, A, he said the team's fully vaxxed uh, this week. Uh, that's good because Steve Ballmer was kind of a little sh- – I feel like he was shy <laughs> with the question. <laughs> he was just like – he was like, yeah, I don't know. That's, I don't want to talk about everyone's privacy. I don't know if, like, maybe the owner just shouldn't be able to speak about it or whatever. Tyler just nah, – I know we're all vaxxed. Because I was starting to think, like, who on this team would not be vaxxed, you know? But um, – so he also decided to announce what he he would – he would want his starting line, his starting five to be. So right now it would be Reggie Jackson – Eric Bledsoe, I'm pretty sure it's like instead of a one and a two, it's probably just like a one A, one B kind of situation. Paul George, Mook, and Zubak. And so do you do you, how do you feel about that lineup? Uh I have no concerns with that lineup. It's the it's the second unit that I'm really concerned about. Uh, I don't think there's enough uh defense on that side so i feel like we're gonna have that same issue where paul george sits and you know when we put in the the when we put in the, the second unit i feel like a lot of our leads are going to diminish with that second unit yeah we, we'll, we'll have to i'm intrigued on what the staggering will be in terms of like who sits and who does not the 
looking at defensively, I still think we're going to have some pieces that will be fine defensively. It's just like, for example, Kennard will be out there and he's not the best defender, but I, I think he, in terms of being pesky, he's very underrated. Like he was getting some of those long rebounds and stuff uh, in the playoffs. We'll see if that carries on. You know, you know, would, uh, oh, you know uh, I, what do you feel about this lineup with um, Zoo, Eric, so Paul George, Morris, instead of Reggie, you have Luke Kennard. So at some point, I wouldn't be surprised if we might see something like that, mm-hmm. you know, just because, you know, like maybe someone's getting hurt and then we put Reggie. But I feel like moving Kennard, with Reggie I think it's like a lateral thing where it's just like you know Reggie plays off the ball a little better than Kennard does mm-hmm. um, and so I think it's lateral because like regardless we would not but I do think I wouldn't be surprised if like uh, if Kennard was the first person off the bench and then we saw uh, they took Jackson out and put Kennard in you know because it doesn't really change too much going on Reggie and Kennard are kind of in my opinion, um, the same defensively. Kennard's a little bit more pesky while Jackson has longer arms. I think that's about it. It's not like it's not like either one's better. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Because, like, if you look at the second unit, defensively, I think it's going to be fine-ish because, you know, you have Terrence Mann, you have Nick Batum, and Nick, Nick Batum could guard all five positions. You'll have Sergi Baca eventually. Uh, he might be a little slower, but we'll see. And Justice Winslow is technically going to be on that lineup. And so... Oh, yeah. Totally forgot about that. So, like, I think it's going to be fine, but we'll we'll see. Yeah, I forgot Justin Winslow. Uh, Justice Winslow's there, so I might... Yeah, I'll take that back. I think they'll be fine defensively with Justice Winslow's Terrence, Terrence Mann. I don't know where a lot of scoring is going to come if Kennard's shot's not there. Mm-hmm. Uh but I don't know. Maybe Terrence Mann will take the next step up, and maybe eventually, like, we'll be a couple of weeks into the season, and coach is like, you know what? We're gonna put Terrence Mann with the starting five, and because um, I kind of like Eric Bledsoe starting with Reggie Jackson, because you could kind of help hide Reggie Jackson's uh, def- defensive liabilities a little bit. Uh, I think also like when we. Let's, maybe we should start just getting into the players and then we'll we'll talk about the stuff when we get to the, each player. Okay. So um, let's start off with Reggie Jackson. So Reggie Jackson, you know, he's vlogging. Uh, I don't think he was prepared for a non-Zoom uh, <laughs> uh, uh, interview for Media Day, but that, that was pretty funny. Uh, Reggie Jackson, though, this is what makes me – This is the best part and is like going back two years ago, we were all saying stuff like, oh, Reggie Jackson, man, like was just, oh, we're re-signing Reggie Jackson. Oh, you know, oh, he's bricking shots in the playoffs. We we were just like, ah, we we, we were at one point like we don't want anything to do with Reggie Jackson, right, as Clipper fans. And now he's basically our savior of the – He's basically our savior of the basically Clippers last year in the playoffs, especially with Kawhi out. Yeah. And became our number two. And saying stuff like, 
I wanted to come back to the Clippers. And even if they didn't want me to come back, I was going to pack my bags or bring my bags and just go to the front door and just, you know, basically say, I'm going to show up to training camp anyways. And, you know, I'm just paraphrasing because, like, there's a lot of reporters who quoted that and they were all different. (laughs) (laughs) It's because, like, there's a lot of reporters I saw on Media Day using their quotation marks very loosely. (laughs) Uh, Oh, my goodness. (laughs) So, like, that's I think that's extremely cool, you know, like. The fact that it was, he was just waiting for the contract, it was like Christmas morning to him. The, the fact that he like didn't want to play anywhere else but here, you know, like hearing all those rumors about the Celtics and blah, blah, blah. No. So that yeah. was pretty cool, you know, like him and Kawhi basically reassuring everyone that this is where they wanted to be. I think it was really special. How do you – So yeah. you have I literally idea? had the same thought. I was thinking about that. I was like, man, uh, you – I was like, not too long ago uh, – well – not too long ago that, you know, you and I were sending news about Reggie Jackson. We we're just making some up because Reggie Jackson was just literally a uh, uh, punch bag for the team. Um, so it was crazy to see how excited I was to have his media day and for him to discuss, you know, what this team meant to him, what it means to him and why he wants to stay. Um, I hope, you know, he's here for the long run. Um mm-hmm. And I hope we win a chip with them. Um, that'd be really yeah. cool. Yeah, I agree. Like, because Reggie Jackson is and, – and, like, a lot of people talk about the 2018-2019 team. And to be honest well, – well, I think, like, I think I could bring this up. So, like, you know, recently J.J. Redick retired, right? Yeah. And uh, a lot – and a lot of people are mad. Like, he's one of my favorite Clippers and stuff like that. And I do think, like, it's sometimes difficult for me to like kind of take like moments from when they were on the Clippers and separate it from moments when they're not on the Clippers. Mm -hmm. So like, for example, like we love that 2018, 2019 team, but there's a lot of people on that team that made it very difficult in the transition from the get to the Kawhi and Paul George team, Mm -hmm. you know, but Montrezl Hero was one of my favorite players on the Clippers. Like, yeah, he struggled defensively, but he worked he 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 hustled on offense, he got offensive rebounds, he you know, like I, I really liked his work ethic, but then like hearing stuff like, hey, when Paul George tells you to do something, you don't do it. It's like oh, come on, dude, like you know you're you, you know, okay, whatever. And then going to the Lakers, I thought was just a you know kind of a dick. Yeah. I felt like he could have made more money somewhere else, you know, like yeah, he, he was sixth man of the year. Um so so Hearing a bunch of stuff like uh, from a previous Clippers people, you know, JJ Reddick saying the stuff he said after he left the Clippers. And it's really cool that I feel like we are probably in the age of probably, in my opinion, the most positive Clippers team of all time. Mm-hmm. Like there's not, I don't think there's ever been a more positive Clippers team. Like we could, like we go back to like some of these other teams where the vibes were cool. <laughs> Yeah. Not only are the vibes cool, I feel like the team's a lot more positive. And like Kawhi and Reggie Jackson saying these quotes on Media Day is a huge deal, you know, and like makes me feel a lot better going forward. And when we go through tough times this season, which it happens to every team, there's always a stretch where it's tough. I, I'm going to have the confidence to know that like 
the next man up situations and you know when, when our backs against the wall that we're going to figure it out you know and i never felt that way about the clippers in the past if i'm being honest with you um i don't know i kind of i kind of felt that uh i guess when we had blake uh reddick matt barnes um ej that core i kind of felt like that was really tight because uh you know I think DJ said like Matt Barnes was like a father figure to him. And then it was pretty interesting to hear, like, I'm not sure if you heard it, but it was on uh, Blake Griffin went on Reddick's podcast and he was like, talking about uh, that time. He was saying that there was not a lot of egos there and it felt like a, like a good chemistry and a, a, a good vibe with that team. So so what, what, would, what would you think your takes would be on why it kind of fell apart? Uh, I think once Matt Barnes kind of left, I think that may have started everything uh, when they traded Matt Barnes. Um, mm. But that's when it started to fall apart, I think. And then we started to see like a change in like the vibe. But I think a lot of it stems from, honestly, I think Doc Rivers. Like, Yeah, and uh, and the thing that kind of pains me is like, uh, like I, I'll say this a hundred times is I was a Doc Rivers apologist. Like, you know, I was just like, you know what? Like Doc Rivers is a solid coach, you know, like, and I kind of felt the I same philosophy. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I could, I mm. could feel like the kind of the vibes that Doc Rivers had is like, you know, I could implement something in, but it's up to my star players to make it work. Yeah. But like seeing someone like Ty Lu was just like, Oh no, 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 no. Like, yeah. Coach could do more. <laughs> yeah. like make adjustments <laughs> yeah and i was like oh no doc rivers was not very good <laughs> yeah <laughs> like i'm just uh, just being real about it and i mean uh, and like i'm not saying he's a he's a terrible coach but i think he's not very good at uh he's not to be honest he's not a very good manager of players and he he sometimes says the wrong thing and it's just it gets it gets bad. Well, yeah, like he's trying to backtrack on his comments with Ben Simmons. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, how can anyone misinterpret what you're saying? Like, you do not have a player <laughs> that's four years under contract and say when the question comes to you, do you think he you could win a championship with this player? And you say, I don't know. Like I understand you're in your you're you're in your feelings because you just lost game seven or whatever, but come on, like that's your guy until you get rid of him, and if yeah. you're trying to get rid of him, make sell him on the idea. You know, I do believe he's a championship point guard because then other teams will think that too when they try to trade for him. You know, like it to me, it's just a super that whole situation is super ridiculous, and I'm glad that the Clippers got rid of, I guess that. Uh, that that situation so like it was okay so i'm trying to find the youtube channel um but it's a guy who basically breaks down the games Mm -hmm. and um you know sees the flaws and why they possibly lost that game Mm -hmm. and uh one thing he noted was in game seven like doc rivers was making no adjustments at all to get ben simmons to in a position to succeed and without hindering the team because he was saying there's a specific rotation that happened uh, um where like Ben Simmons always stays close to the 
for some reason he no sorry Ben Simmons always goes to the three point line near the three point line like as if he's going to shoot it, <laughs> mm-hmm. but so the the team sinks down in uh, I mean the defensive team his guy you know sinks more into the key and making making it hard uh, for anyone to attack the rim, and so instead of like coaching him to not do that or find another way to avoid that situation he just kept on making the same play and it was. Um, it was pretty interesting. So I don't know. To me, that solidified. I don't think Doc Rivers is the coach we thought he was. Um, yeah, <laughs> and he may have won that championship because of the talent he had on his team, and not because of his coaching abilities. He has the the skills to have people buy in, um, and he he is a player's coach. But aside from that, I don't think. Uh, he's a player's coach when it's convenient for him to be a player's coach. Because I've heard stories of a lot of uh, hostility in the locker rooms at certain points. And like, because, you know, Blake Griffin and Chris Paul's relationship, you know, kind of teetered at the end. And uh, some other players, you know, kind of making like Chris Paul look like the villain toward the end. And to be honest, like he still might have been like, you know, maybe you just don't maybe you don't need your point guard to fucking chew your ass out every time you drop one of his passes passes you didn't see coming. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, you know, like, cause like I'll admit like Chris Paul's game's really good, but there was moments where I was like, dude, you, you created your own shot, but then you still try to like dump it off to uh, Deandre who you've seen drop the ball yeah. five times already in this game. So why'd you try it for a sixth time and yell at him? Like, <laughs> you know, like, so there was there was moments where I was just like, dude, just take the shot, you know. And you know, if you're taking a shot and you're respecting the shot, DeAndre will be more open the next time you come down the court. But whatever, I, there's a reason I don't get paid millions of dollars to do this. But you know, I was <laughs> I was a freshman basketball coach who came to second place one time. So uh, 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 humble rag, humble rag, yeah, humble rag. <laughs> uh, uh, so uh, like moving on to some players, unless you have any more thoughts. No, no, that's it. So, kind of going back, going through the starting lineup would be, let's go to Eric Bledsoe, right? There wasn't too much uh, about Eric Bledsoe this week. Uh, Eric Bledsoe mentioned that, you know, like he's a veteran. He's coming in with a new role. Ty Lue mentioned he's going to be in the starting lineup. Uh, He looks buff. Like, really buff. (laughs) You know, that going for us. And you know what? Like, Going back to like some of these thoughts, you know, like you know, are we gonna get a John Wall or we're gonna get a Ben Simmons? Like Eric Bledsoe is a better shooter than both of them. You know, mm-hmm. like even if he's not great or he doesn't shoot as well as maybe Patrick Beverly does, like he he can still shoot better than both. And I so I'm intrigued on when people are like, oh, well, Eric Bledsoe is not gonna space the the court very. Well. I I I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if there's moments where like they're going to set up a shot for Eric Bledsoe in the corner or something like that, you know, like it's, it's not ideal that every possession is going to happen, but if you're going to have, you know, Eric Bledsoe take part in hundreds and hundreds of possessions a week, eventually he's going to have to shoot from deep, you know, and I'd rather have him do that than a Ben Simmons or John wall, you know? Uh, So like, I, I, there's not much more. I think it's hopefully Eric Bledsoe is buying in. Do you think he's gonna mm-hmm. he's gonna buy in this season? Because like there's a history of him not buying in. Uh, I think so. Um, 
yeah, I think he he were, he's where he wants to be. So I think that's why he'll buy in. Um, you know, LA. It's a it's LA. It's not Milwaukee. It's not New Orleans. It's LA, and he's in a team that has a lot of talent as opposed to you know New Orleans, New Orleans Pelicans. So, uh, and they're not going to try use him to be a spot of three point shooter. I, I know Tyler's going to use it to his strength, so I think he'll buy in. Uh, yeah, we had, like, so, like, you could say, like, they've done this in the past, right? Because, like, there was moments where Eric Blesso started next to uh, Chris Paul, mm-hmm. or at least staggered when he was on the Clippers, right? But that's when, like, Eric Blesso kind of had more of, like, an off-ball situation, and he made a lot of cuts to the basket. But, like, now at, his point, at this point in his career, we're on Phoenix and on Milwaukee, he was the de facto number one ball handler on the team. And Mm -hmm. you sent him to New Orleans where you're trying to develop Lonzo ball to be the de facto ball handler on the team. When Eric Bledsoe had a whole career of establishing that's his best trait slash that and defense, Mm -hmm. you know, and then all of a sudden now he's kind of playing off ball again, but also, also being a primary ball handler because Lonzo could make it. It was just, the situation that Stan Van Gundy created in New Orleans was an absolute shit show in terms of offensive ball moving and stuff like that. And there's clips of like Eric Bledsoe, like kind of like penetrating and then nobody on the Pelicans uh, creating space for him to dish it back out to, you know? And so like, there'd be one uh, three point guy. I think it was like on one of these plays, Brandon Ingram was behind him. Like, so like he would have to look backwards to find Brandon Ingram, which, you know, a good point guard could probably do that, but you would also want another shooter to be in his vision. So when he doesn't see the other person in his vision, then he could start thinking, Oh, hopefully someone's behind me. Right. Yeah. But no, that wasn't even the case. And then he's either shooting up a bad shot or he's dumping it off to someone two feet in front of him. And there's a turnover, you know, it was, I think the Clippers spacing and Ty Lue is going to set Eric Bledsoe to be in a much better situation. Mm. Yeah, so I, I think because Ty Lue's there, I think uh, he'll buy in. And plus, yeah. Reggie Reggie Jackson plays could play off the ball very well. Yeah, like no one really has an ego. No one really has this. Uh, I don't know this idea of what they should be doing. They're all willing to buy in, and if that means being benched, they're okay with it. Yeah, because like also like kind of going to your point is like just the vibes of the Clippers in general. I don't think they're gonna allow him to not buy in. You know, yeah. and, and Ty and Tyloo will easily be like, you know what, I don't care how much you're getting paid, we're we're gonna put somebody else in there, you know. Um yeah. Speaking of another point guard, uh Jason Preston, I guess, hurt his foot. So I didn't I didn't hear much of him or anything, but yeah, he's gonna be he might be hurt going into the season. I'm not sure. Uh moving on to another guard. Um, Luke Kennard. Uh, there wasn't too much. Uh, I guess the team just wants him to be less passive. Uh, he was benched during a scrimmage because he turned down an open shot. <laughs> and, and, and Ty, and Ty Lu mentioned like basically like uh, hey, you're not out there to defend, <laughs> so like you better. <laughs> And like, I was like, that, that's really he's over weird. there locking down uh, <laughs> LeBron James. Yeah, <laughs> he's doing the hand checks. <laughs> like, uh, he's doing the hand checks on LeBron, and daring him to take. 
<laughs> he he does the pass deflection that uh, Patrick Beverly did on that Christmas Day game or whatever. <laughs> oh man! So um, Luke Kennard, like, we'll we'll get into Justice Winslow. I think immediately after this because I think Luke Kennard and Justice Winslow's roles are kind of entwined. So. Uh, he's going to be pri- the primary guard off the bench if Eric Bliss was to start. Uh, I don't know if that's going to make him basically the second string slash third string start uh, point guard. Mm-hmm. Or if that just means like he'll only be the only guard. And then, so I'm intrigued. Like, are you okay with Luke Kennard being like, you know, the basically the only guard in our second unit like yeah we technically have other guards but they're i like to look at them as more wings than guards mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah yeah i think i think he's gonna do well um you know now he has a he has some time with the whole team everyone kept on emphasizing uh team chemistry so i think knowing that his player that his teammates trust him to take the shot I think he'll start letting it letting it go, um, and there's really no one else to. Uh... Sorry, I was getting a phone call. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, that, that happened uh, yeah. to me earlier in the podcast where I got like a weird email and I was like trying to read it while like speaking at the same time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry about that, but no, you're good. I think I think he'll do well. I just hope. I just hope when we see that, um, when we see us start doing, uh, you know, start taking more shots, start being a volume shooter, um, we don't trade them, you know, that'd be a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's funny because, like, if he was part of a deal that got us maybe a third star, which I'm going to have an interesting take later on. So, uh, well, when we get to a different player. But if we use him to get a third star, I kind of get it. But, like, mm-hmm. I could see him being, like, a 45-plus. Like, yeah, most likely he's going to be, like, a 42-plus. But, like, he has the potential to be, like, a 45-plus uh, percent three-point shooter. And if he's shooting at a high volume where it's, like, one of those things where he's, like, he goes on the court and the defense has to know where he's at at all times, it's just going to help his teammates. Mm-hmm. And then you add another volume shooter where maybe staggering with the starting lineup, like you mentioned earlier. You know, like that, that could be interesting. Uh, moving on to Justice Winslow. Mm-hmm. So he was talked a lot. He, like, you know, like the Ty Lue and other players are talking about him a lot. Uh, he looks like he might play a little point forward. Like, and he's also going to be playing a little bit of the five at times, apparently. Like, he's just going to play all the positions. So it's basically like whoever needs to take a seat, we could put Justice Winslow in for them and he'll. Kind of like what Nick Batum did, I feel like, last season, where Nick Batum kind of played yeah. all five positions. Uh, I, I'm kind of intrigued and, like, also mentioning, like, you know, if they try to make Kennard more of an off-ball shooter, there might be a decent chance that, like, they have Winslow running the point on the second unit. We'll see how long that lasts. I think there's going to be a lot of tinkering tie, but how, do you, how are your thoughts <laughs> that, like, Winslow's going to be a lot more involved than what we maybe previously thought he was going to be? I'm excited because if he can if he can be what he was in Miami, man, that'd be amazing. And I think Tyloo, again, puts his guys in the in the position to succeed. 
Like, mm-hmm. uh, he'll throw a rondo once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> but he's, he's still putting rondo in and during the season. I'm like, come on, Ty, let's not do this. <laughs> and when the first game uh, against the Lakers, he looks down at Rondo on the Lakers bench. There, I mean, come on, let's go. <laughs> uh, but I, I just wonder about the small ball lineup. If we put, if we were to ever use him at the center position, that'd be pretty interesting. Um, <laughs> but aside from that, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think, I think he will. Uh, I think he will do well with the with the uh, with Ty Lue. Man, I'm losing it. Sorry. <laughs> You're good. If you can't do that out, that'd be great. <laughs> I know. I think it's good for the podcast. Uh, no, but like you know, the only the only concern is his health. To be honest, I think like the potential's there. It's just like you yeah. know, I I don't know how many players have come back from hip replacement surgery. The only person, the only people I've ever heard come back from that is like you know people who are senior citizens and stuff. So yeah, um, yeah, um. But speaking of centers, um, one thing I wanted to bring up for Zoo was Zoo shooting some threes, dude. <laughs> He's practicing. So how do you feel about some uh, some Zoo three ball? I want to see it, especially like in the preseason. <laughs> like the preseason is the perfect time to start seeing those the same, just like you know, doing the same jive move that Steph Curry does, and then shaking someone down, and then like shooting from the logo. I think, <laughs> like imagine like he became like a baby uh baby joker out there like <laughs> baby jokers is like his uh gangster name <laughs> baby yoki <laughs> yeah. uh but no yeah like if I, I don't think it's gonna happen like i don't I, I wouldn't be surprised if like he goes another whole year without shooting a three and then shoots a three in like a garbage game uh, but I also wouldn't be surprised if, like, you know what, like, Lou just like, hey, I'm going to set up a three randomly for Zoo in this game and see if he knocks it down. Um, <laughs> like, as, like, a trick play. Because, you know, like, you know, people for a while are not going to go out and guard Zoo on the perimeter, you know? Like, they'll just leave mm-hmm. him open. So, like, if every once in a while uh, the play is designed for, like, him just to shoot it and hopefully it doesn't go, like, doesn't backfire. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know what? I think going back to Zoo, saying his knee is 100%, and it's been 100% for several weeks, makes me a lot more comfortable. Um, uh, because of this conversation, I'm going to get a picture of Zoo doing it. I'm going to get a tattoo of uh, Zoo fading away. It's the Jordan push-off. Oh man, I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully, we do see uh we see like a most spate kind of game, you know, spates oh, kind of game. <laughs> oh man, I forgot about Mo buckets. <laughs> he was great. Oh. He, he was he's probably probably my favorite Clipper because <laughs> yeah, he was just big out there. Uh, he he was just one of those guys. You're like, hmm, you're extremely slow, but we we got you from the Warriors, so I'm okay with that. <laughs> you must be. <laughs> We did, right? It wasn't the other way around, right? We got Mo from the Warriors, right? We, he, didn't, he didn't go to the Warriors, right? Okay. Um, speaking of another player that uh, we're talking about injuries and stuff to their their knees is uh, uh, Marcus Morris uh, Sr. or Mook. Uh, he, he mentioned that nobody is 100%, but he's fine. He let his knee rest. So I don't know if that means he's not 100% or 
he's not fine, but uh, apparently he'll be ready to go. He says so. That's good. He he's the one player that like we're all mentioning that he kind of has to step up and be like the the number two player behind Paul George. But in my yeah. opinion, he doesn't necessarily have to. I'd much rather him use his other skill sets to be efficient. You know, like still shoot a high volume, still shoot with a high percentage from three point land. Uh, be able to guard bigger guys on the court. Like he doesn't move as well as he used to to guard faster players, but. It's fine. I'd still rather have him out there than a lot of power forwards in this league. So yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Um, Ibaka, he's doing non-contact drills. He he texted Kawhi to make sure Kawhi was coming back before he decided to come back, but he felt like he had unfinished business with the Clippers and the Clipper fan base. So we got that going for us. Uh, I don't know when he's coming back, um, but it's a question mark. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully he does uh, come back relatively soon. Uh, let's see. I feel like I am missing somebody. I didn't hear too much from Jay Scrub. He was in that Serge Ibaka uh, music, uh, <laughs> uh, that little dance that thing. Yeah. That challenge. Um, I love that Ibaka is a... Is a rap star. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> Jamaica. is dope. Uh, so, yeah, we talked about Eric Bledsoe. Okay, Amir Coffey, he's kind of uh, in a weird situation as well. Lawrence Frank talked about him a little bit. It sounds like he's going to take the two-way contract. Uh, Nick Batum, another Clipper that was, I mean, another person that basically said, hey, I'm happy to be back. And he's got a decent bromance coming, uh, going with uh, Terrence Mann, so that's that's good. <laughs> um, uh, the George King, Moses Wright, training camp invites. Uh, we don't have anything to say about them. I, I, I found it interesting that they were, like, in the Clippers, like, training camp video, like, in, in like, a prominent role. <laughs> I was like, um, like well, what's this going to be like? Um, <laughs> Keon Johnson mentioned that he's a better fisherman than Paul George. I guess we'll find out. They had a fisher, uh, a fishing trip this week. So uh, we'll see how that went. Um, see I, I love that. It's just like Paul George thing. <laughs> so <funny>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You grew up in Palmdale. I don't know what they do. Out there. <laughs> yeah, seriously, that's, that's, the, that's the weirdest part, too. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, he's know. nowhere I, near the ocean nowhere near a lake <laughs> like, it, i feel like, i feel like there's a there's a lake somewhere that's not close to there but it's like the thing to do if you live there right like maybe <laughs> like you go up to uh i don't know lake isabella or whatever i think that's the lake that's like by bakersfield or something like that um uh, <laughs> uh jason preston's hurt i already mentioned that uh so because I'm just trying to get down to, you know, Brandon Boston says he thinks he's a bucket. So when we talk about Clippers, uh, you know, maybe training for a third star, right? Mm-hmm. I I want to see how Brandon Boston pans out because he's played. It looks like he's played with confidence out there from the videos I've watched. A lot of people are saying good things about him. They just have to work on his defense. And I'm kind of getting this vibe that, like, you know what? He was projected to be a top five pick in the in the NBA draft before his season with Kentucky started, and then he fell and almost didn't get drafted. But I'm like, hmm. if the Clippers stole a player that was supposed to be a top five pick and ended up being worth worthy of a top five pick, 
like maybe this is the guy that's going to eventually develop into like the Michael Porter Jr. role, you know, like being a, being mm-hmm. a guy who makes $200 million just to not get vaccinated. Um, <laughs> but, but uh, I don't know, like I'm, I'm intrigued uh, with uh, if Brandon Boston Jr. was a steal in the draft and maybe he develops into like when we are, you know, when we open up our new arena, maybe he's he's the third young star we got. That'd be really cool. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah, well, we'll see. You know, I don't want to speak too too ahead of time. Um, I believe that's everybody except for the two players I wanted to talk about. Oh, Terrence Mann, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> the the, the best dope, Clipper man. of all time. Oh my I, goodness! The best Clipper of all time. I almost left out of our review. Oh my goodness, man! We, we're, <laughs> I, we're we're gonna we're gonna have to close up shop. We're not. We're, there's no way we're we're we're. we're like, when we, we should start every podcast, you know, like we're probably the most unreliable Clippers podcast. So if you want to listen to the other ones, you're, you're better off. Um, they, uh, <laughs> after this, so we had like a huge discussion about how pissed off I am that you didn't mention TN. And then uh, <laughs> the next episode, <laughs> I have a new co-host. <laughs> and then like the Brian part gets beefed out of the intro. <laughs> yeah. Hey man, give me the, give me the credentials to everything I'm doing. I'm taking over for now. <laughs> like, right, you, you've earned it. You've earned it. Uh, so yeah, Terrence Mann's working on his game. He feels like it's slowing down for him a little bit. There's a training camp video of, of him getting like an alley oop pass from I believe Winslow to end him guard, uh, catching of one hand and then uh, slinging it to the corner three to Batum. And mm-hmm. he makes oh man, Terrence Mann, Ter- yeah, Terrence Mann might look eventually become a favorite clipper of all time. I don't know why. I have a lot of favorite clippers. Yeah, and I and I never try to like necessarily like pick a current Clipper as my favorite. I always think of like you know former Clippers as my favorites, but mm-hmm. like Terrence Mann, he like he's becoming that dude. <laughs> you know? Like should, should the question shouldn't be like, hey, is Paul George going to be that dude this season? It's like, <laughs> it's like, hey, Paul, like, how do you feel about being the number two to Terrence Mann? It's like, is Terrence Mann's going to have to go out there and be that dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. I um. He didn't really specify on what he was working on. That was pretty interesting, though. He said he just basically continued uh, with what he was doing last uh, training camp. I really hope his uh, his shooting uh, develops a lot better. Um, he we showed we showed that he improved, uh, especially because he was a vital part of that game six win over the over the mm-hmm. Jazz. My yeah. goodness. My favorite memory. I'm, I'm gonna show my granddaughter that like <laughs> five thousand times. <laughs> uh, you don't end up you end up having a grandson instead of a granddaughter. And he's like, hey, can I watch that game six? Like, no, it was meant for my granddaughter. Because <laughs> I'd be cool, right? Yeah, hey, see, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think I think T Man, if he continues working on his shot, I think he already has the capability to drive to the rim. Uh, with no regards to who's in front of him. <laughs> right, I, I agree. And like, I, I, I like the confidence, especially for a player that hesitates when he's shooting his threes a lot. He, he has a lot of confidence. <laughs> it's like, yeah. all right, I'll take it. Uh, and he has a lot of people that, um, you know, that can take, under, take him under their wing, have a similar game. Like Paul George, I feel like has a similar game to Terrence Mann. And I think he's going to end up uh, – you know, being the next person up. So, for example, like if Eric Bledsoe's out, 
And like, what's to say that starting lineup Ty Lue has is the one that officially starts the season, right? So, mm-hmm. I think I think Terrence Mann's going to be the one that eventually, you know, like, oh, he's going to fill in for players when they're sitting or stuff like that, or Nick Batum will. But like in that second unit, we have Nick Batum, who is probably you know the veteran leader of that team. But we have, but I think Terrence Mann and Kennard are going to be kind of like the how should I put this like the X factors of the second unit. Whereas mm. like Justice Winslow is going to like, you know, be the utility guy, kind of be like a one, a be the one, be the platoon being the one, a of like kind of veteran guy who could kind of do everything on the court. You could put them in with any lineup. Whereas Kennard and Terrence, I feel like are going to be like the guy, the young, the young guys that are carrying that second unit, like offensively and obviously not defensively because of Kennard. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. except, except for when he's guarding LeBron, but uh, that's, that's, that's a different story. So the two people I wanted to end off with, you know, like I said, uh, we don't have to talk about some of the training camp invites. Um, and we've already talked about Nick Batum, right? I just want to confirm that. Like, he just said he's having to be here, right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and he was working, Nick Batum was also working on his corner three. That's, but that's all I got to say. Um, yeah. So between Isaiah Hartenstein and Harry Giles, uh, I kind of want to make this a combo one. Is a, I've seen Isaiah Hartenstein. He actually sat down and did um, an interview with a with a player on Media Day. Uh, Harry Giles didn't. Also, mm-hmm. I, Isaiah Hartenstein's in a lot of these videos. He's in, and he's also uh, in Serge Ibaka's little dance video. And like Harry Giles is. The only time I kind of seen it was like at the end of Reggie Jackson's vlog little video that was on the Clippers website. Yeah. So like it feels like Isaiah Hartenstein's a little bit more involved, and that could just me being you know like overthinking the situation, you know, because maybe it's you know it's just that's just not the case maybe Harry Giles is the one who's out there in the scrimmages and playing with the second units and stuff like that because you know Sergi Buck is probably not at this point yeah so I'm intrigued but like I could also see that when speaking to both of them maybe in the offseason they said hey Sergi Buck is not going to be there playing in preseason games so you guys are both going to get a lot of playing time mm-hmm. uh so because like Zoo's going to start he's going to get some of his minutes but like you two are going to play a lot so like either one of you is going to a get make it make it on the team and the other one's going to at least have a decent audition for another team you know so yeah. so i think that's kind of where we're at at this point and i would say i think isaiah hartenstein's kind of in the lead based on the how evolved like involved he is with the with the teammates and stuff like that yeah um so yeah you already know how i feel about isaiah hartenstein he's the He's a finals he's, MVP. He's a finals MVP. Finals, seriously, man. So, yeah. so, and, uh, so, first I'm a little of all, upset he's starting. I'm a little upset he's fighting for the third, uh, for the third option, you know? He should be number one. Well, yeah. Like, I think Zoo needs to be looking over his shoulder on that depth chart. <laughs> um, so, yeah, now I guess we could get into the preseason a little bit. Um, the Clippers uh, are going to do all their preseason games in one week, which is interesting. And then they're going to have, I think, like 12 days or so before they're – no, not even 12 days. It's going to be a little bit more than that, I think. I don't know, maybe about 12. Uh, yeah, it's about 12. 11 to 12 days that they'll um, 
have between the season, the preseason ends and when the season starts. So we start off with the Denver Nuggets on Monday. Then we play the Kings on uh, Wednesday. Then we play the Mavericks on Friday. And I, it's like, I don't know who books preseason games, but like, can we just not see the Mavericks at, for at least a while? <laughs> Uh, there, there, there is nobody better like i'm gonna put this on paper there's nobody better in nba history nba history than luka don the luka on a noon <laughs> game at the staples center and there, there's nobody better in, in nba history at being at, like in that moment at good is as good as basketball as luka is <laughs> like <sighs> And I think like I don't, I don't we play the, the funny part is I don't know what why like like I, I does he get brunch before like <laughs> I don't know he's, I don't know what he's eating I don't know what he's eating uh, when he gets in LA before his pregame breakfast but uh, and the thing is like a lot of people are saying like he's not as he's not like in my opinion like as much as I I don't enjoy watching him play because he frustrates me. Uh, he, he is one of the best offensive players in this game today. And if he wasn't hiding every time he's on defense, he would, he would be even better, but he, he just, he plays some of the most God awful defense sometimes, (laughs) but Steph Curry's much worse. Uh, But like when you have also uh, Chris Apps as your, your other star on the team, but like he also can't move his knees. You're having a tough time. Yeah, seriously. So the, the game that I'm circling that we may or may not go to because I think we want to, but we, we also have other jobs is they play in Ontario, California, which is close to the high desert and it's close to where I used to live. So I feel like I can make that drive. And they play the Timberwolves. So we, we can see Patrick Beverly against the Clippers for the first time in Ontario, California on Monday. And we were talking, and I was telling, uh, I was telling Jesse, I was like, well, you know what, maybe we won't, or maybe I should, I don't know, because you know, I might get home at midnight or something after that game. And he's like, what, the, what are you doing after the game? And I was like, I don't know, maybe me, me and Luke and I will go on a rager or something, or meet up with Terrence Mann and BJ's. Uh, <laughs> if anybody knows uh, BJ's is uh <laughs> like right down the street from where the Toyota Arena is in Ontario. Um, oh my goodness! Uh, I say we do. I say we go, dude. Okay, we, I'm I'm down. Uh, so we'll, we'll probably record another podcast before we end up going to that game. But then the podcast after that, especially since there's like a week between the series, the season starts. We could probably talk about our experiences and see if we went on any ragers with a player after. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that, that seems like a pretty that seems like a pretty good time, especially to see Patrick Beverly one last time. Uh, yeah. Well, no, he's gonna play again later. I don't know why I put it like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh man, I have it. <laughs> This See, is, this is it's, it's 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 that type of humor that's gonna get you uh buddy buddy with the uh, Terrence Man, you know. <laughs> Terrence Man's like, hey, I heard your uh, Patrick Beverly joke, and I'm like, that wasn't a joke, that was a mistake. <laughs> I like your stuff, kid. Yeah. <laughs> hey, kid. Um. All right, so. Yeah, I would probably say that does it for today's show, and then we'll we'll review some of these uh, preseason games next weekend. 
And uh, oh, I think we should talk about how we planned to do the podcast during the season. So this is the plan. Now, obviously, things might change. We're like the best we could do is record on a Saturday. Are we still the podcast? <laughs> yeah, we're still we're still we're still recording. So we gotta I don't want I want when people are expecting the LA clips for him to come out, they they see the LA clips for him, right? Because we did technically take a week off. So mm-hmm. in the season. I plan. We do plan to record on Sundays. Now, if there is a noon game, which there will be plenty of, we'll we'll probably wait till after the noon game, maybe to record. And if we decide not to, then we'll just review it on the next week's podcast. If there's an evening game on a Sunday, we'll probably still record before the evening game and just make that evening game part of our preview for the next weekend, if that makes sense. So if it's a noon game, we'll review it from the previous weeks and then we'll but if it's an even game we'll preview it for the, the next week's games i don't know what i just said <laughs> i was like a lie i was getting kind of confused too. <laughs> just so if it's a noon game it will be part of next week's preview but if it's an evening game it will be the next episode's review if that makes sense that makes sense. Nah, I mean, okay. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. This is podcast has gone a lot longer than I thought it was going to go. <laughs> That's why I thought it ended for a second. I was like, uh, are you talking to me or are you talking? Like basically, we're just, we're just talking to Trent Maddox at this point. <laughs> so, so, um, so yeah. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and IG at LA Clips Forum. Uh, you could um, find me on Twitter at Brian Bear Andrew. You can find me on Instagram as Brian Andrew underscore. Where can they find you, Jesse? They can find me on Instagram as uh, Darn Mezikin and um, on Twitter as uh, my new at Jesse underscore Sandoval underscore. <laughs> so <laughs> find well, me. So, so, so you changed it. It's not because like you used to explain it like, hey man, you got to carry the four and then uh, divide it by two. <laughs> But now, but now, now it's like just your name with a couple underscores in there. Hopefully, they figure it out. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> it's, it's, like a, it's like a scavenger hunt for you. For you. <laughs> so many people are looking for me right now. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Oh. Well, we're out. Later, guys. Take care. <laughs>